Hey friends, thanks for joining us for Exchange Live. My name's Josh, I'm one of the pastors, and I'm actually coming at you tonight from my backyard. I've pre-recorded this message. Um, there's just a lot happening tonight at Youth, and wanted to make sure we could focus um, on you guys online, but also with the people at Youth Group, and so we couldn't do those simultaneously. So here's the pre-record. Excited to see what God does in your life through His Word today. But hey, um, I am just in the same boat as you are, man. We are we are walking through 2020 together, and in a lot of ways, 2020 has really kicked our butts. It's um, started with the COVID shutdown, racial justice movement, which I'm totally a fan of, and and support um, equality for all. Um, but it kind of kicked our country's butt in a way. The election, which is going on right now, as of the time of this recording, we still haven't figured out who our next president is going to be. So the election is out there. COVID continues to be a thing. It's just been a long year. And it's been a year, honestly, that's been full of uncertainty. And I don't know if you've thought these questions, but I know that have gone the ones that have gone through my mind are things like, are we gonna are we gonna be okay? Like, are we gonna make it through 2020? I mean, everything is just so uncertain. And even with the election today, it's still just more uncertainty. Uncertainty seems to actually be the only certain thing about 2020, which is ironic and to be honest with you, I, I really just miss normal life. I miss predictability. I miss uh, making plans for down the road. I, I miss being able to give people a high five without wondering, like, are they okay if I give them a high five? You know, are we going to spread coronavirus right here? I miss fall camp. I miss Shaver Lake. I miss Hume Lake. And I've heard from you, a lot of you just miss school and sports and just normal life and seeing friends and family. And as 2020 goes on, it just kind of seems like we've settled into this awkward but somewhat now familiar routine of like, this is how life is, at least for right now. And honestly, just to be transparent with you, I'm over 2020. I'm over this blah year, and I'm just looking forward to the times changing for the better. And I think we all are. And not that 2020 has been all bad. There's been some really great things that have happened too. But I think we're just kind of over a lot of this year. And so if that's you, I'm right there with you. And you know, this year has actually been hard for a lot of reasons for a lot of people, but I think the most difficult things about 2020 is that the things that seem to make life go from good to great have disappeared, or at least appear to have disappeared. Things like love. You know, there, you look around the culture of our country right now, love is not a word that I would use to describe that. Hopefulness. 2020 has been a lot of things. <coughs> oh, excuse me. <laughs> um, it, it, but it has not been a year that is full of, of hope, honestly. I mean, maybe it has been for you, but I know it's been hard for me. Faith. Love, hope, and faith. You know, even with faith, it's been hard to, to lean in and to trust God in all of this. Like, what is God doing? What is He up to? And so I know that different life things are different for all of us, but. I feel like love, hope, and faith are things that have really just kind of been ripped out from underneath us in the middle of this crazy year. But you know, what's interesting that the Bible actually says something different. It says that three things will last forever. 1 Corinthians 13 says, faith, hope, and love. And the greatest of these is love. And it's interesting because the Bible says these things last forever, from eternity past into eternity future. These things last forever. Well, my question is, hey, if faith, hope, and love, the things that make life great are supposed to last forever, last forever, where are they in 2020? Like, where are they in the middle of this election? Where are they in the middle of COVID? They don't seem to really 
be around. And so how can you and I find faith and hope and love when there's so little of it in our world? I think that we could all use a bit of hope. I think that we could all benefit from people loving each other a little bit better. I'm certain that faith could be a game changer for many of us, but but where are they? Like, where do we find love when we feel lonely and alone? Where do we find hope when this year seems hopeless? Where do we find faith when this so much of our life just seems faith-lacking or faithless? And this series that we're about to go into the next three weeks called Inside Out is going to help us answer that question. And tonight we're actually going to look at the idea of, of love and um, you know, of faith and hope and love. How do we find these things? Tonight we're talking about love, and I'll just tell you what I love. You know what I love? I love my wife, Jill. I love my son, Jet. I love my family. I love my friends. I love my dog. I love my friend's dog. I love pizza. I love Star Wars. I love watching Survivor. Um, among other things, I have a lot of things that I love. But here's the thing that my love for Jill is different than my love for pizza. Right? I, I wouldn't say to my wife, like, I love you like I love pizza. One, because that's mildly creepy. And secondly, because that's just not accurate. Like, I love Jill differently than my love is for pizza. And I, my love for my friend's dog is different than the love I have for my son. Right? Those are just two different kinds of love. There's a lot of things that we love. And we actually use love to describe a lot of different things. From pizza, to Star Wars, to friends, to family, to kids, to spouses boyfriends, girlfriends, there's a lot of things that we love. And so this word love gets used in a lot of different ways. We actually just have one word in the English language for love, and it's just love. But when we look at the Bible, the Bible actually has a lot of different words for love. In fact, there's four main ones that I wanted to share with you today. There's one that's called storge, which is which is kind of like it's empathetic, it's parental love, it's that caring and, and feeling what you feel kind of love. There's Philia, which is friendship. If you know, uh, Philadelphia is a city of brotherly love. Well, the prefix Philly, you know, Philly and Philia, um, the city of brotherly love, the city uh, and Philia means friendship. Just uh, if you're ever on Jeopardy one day, that may come in handy. Um, Eros, which is romantic love. And then there's agape, which is unconditional love. So there's four main types of love described in the scriptures. And... Um, you know, in the English language, we have one. In the scriptures, there's multiple. Because we have understood there's different kinds of love. I don't love pizza like I love my wife, right? Like I said. And agape is unconditional love. So when we look at the scripture and we say that these things last forever, faith, hope, and love, which love is being referenced in the scripture. Is it, Which one of those four? Is it the empathetic one, the friendship one, the romantic one, and the, or the unconditional one? Well, when we look at faith, hope, and love, the scripture actually says faith, hope, and agape. And in other words, faith, hope, and unconditional love. And this is important, I'll tell you why. Um, I promise it's getting somewhere. Because here's the thing, when the, when the scripture says these things last forever, faith, hope, and love, or faith, hope, and agape, and we look around and we say, well, I don't see a lot of faith. I don't see a lot of hope. I don't see a lot of love. Well, how can the scripture say these things are going to be around forever if right now they're not very present in our life? Well, here's the deal. That the love described agape, faith, hope, and agape, this is the only type of love that is not based on outside circumstances. So storge, the first one, 
that parental love, right? You, you need to have a kid. You need to have, um, you know, you need to have that parental love. You to have to have a parental love for someone, you have to have a kid. And so, if you need to have a kid, well, that's dependent on your to feel that that love. That's dependent on an outside circumstance, right? You need that kid, the philia, the friendship. Well, friendships come and go, right? That friendship, that brotherly love, these things kind of come and go. That's dependent on an outside circumstance or the eros, the romantic love. You know, before you guys get married one day, you're probably going to date a few people who are going to come and go, and there's going to be romantic love between you and that person. Uh, and you're going to feel eros, this romantic love, with maybe a few people before you actually find the one that you're trying to marry. And this feeling is going to come and go as you get together and break up with these people who are yet to be your spouse, right? So that's dependent on someone else. And so agape is different, though. It's the only love that is unconditional, that is not based on outside circumstances. It's the only love that is unchanging. The greatest of these faith, hope, and love isn't faith, hope, and storge, or philia, or eros, because those types of love are tied to our circumstances. They're tied to the outside world, to how we feel. They can change. They come and go. The greatest of these is faith, hope, and agape, which is unconditional love. And here's the thing. Our, we tend to think of love as a feeling, right? Like, I feel love for something. Well, our feelings are influenced by outside forces, but agape is different. It's, it's non-circumstantial, which, which, means it's not, it's, sorry, which means it's not based on circumstances. It's not changing it's not based on how we feel. Agape, in fact, is completely different. Agape is a choice. It is a choice to choose love regardless of how we feel. It's a choice to choose love no matter what circumstance happens. It's a choice to choose to love no matter what the other person does or says because it's not based on their actions. It's based on our choice. To love them. It's not based on something out there, what someone else does or doesn't do. It's based on our choice. It's not based on circumstances or situations. It's based on a choice to love regardless of what they do. And so, if you're anything like me, though, you've looked at this, the world this year and thought something like this. You've thought, God, do you even see what's going on? Like, are you here? Do you, do you still love us? Do you still love this world? Because look at it right now. I've talked to enough of you to know that right now many of you are walking away from faith because you look at this year and all the stuff that is happening and going on and you may, you have been tempted to think or even have thought, does God really love us or does he really love me? We've questioned for many reasons God's love. Maybe 2020 is your reason to question God's love in your life. Maybe it's something else. You know, I had a friend who actually went to prison because they were drinking and driving and they hit someone and that person got paralyzed from the waist down and that person um, spent years and years and years and still walking through the journey of how could God forgive me? How could God love me? Look what I've done. I've ruined this other person's life. How could God love me? Be when you look at what I I've done to someone else, God could never love me. Maybe something that you've done or a mistake you've made has convinced you that God can't love you. You know, I know other people who wrestle with depression who are sure that God can't love them because if God did love them, then how could they feel so dark and so sad and so depressed and so lonely? I know students 
in this group who don't feel love for themselves and they if they can't even love themselves and how could God love them if you can't even love yourselves how, how could someone else how could God and these are legitimate things that people wrestle with absolutely these happenings are very common but my question to each and every one of those people are is what kind of love of those four do you think God has for us as you look through Scripture, over and over and over, the Bible confirms that the type of love that God has for you and I is an agape love. It's unconditional. It's unchanging. It's not based on our action, but it's based on God's choice to love us regardless of what we do, regardless of our circumstances. And this changes everything because it means that no matter what we do, no matter what we say, no matter what we think, no matter what we've done, God's love does not change and God's choice for us does not change. So no matter what 2020 brings, God still loves, God still cares. God's love is unconditional, it's agape, it's unchanging, it's non-circumstantial. And so you might ask, well, Josh, how do you know this? Well, one of the scriptures says it over and over and over. It uses the word agape when it describes God's love for us. But in addition, Jesus, on the night that he was betrayed in the Garden of Gethsemane, he prayed to God. And what he said to God was that, God, can you please allow another way for salvation, for the forgiveness of sins. Jesus was about to go to the cross, he was about to die for the sins of the world, and he knew how bad it was going to be because crucifixion was the worst type of death, the most painful type of death that's ever been invented uh, to this day. And so Jesus, knowing this is coming, says, God, is there another way to do this? I love your people, I love this world that I've created, but here's the thing, I don't want to go to the cross. I don't feel like doing this thing. And as he's praying this, he says, but nevertheless, not my will be done, but yours, God. Jesus, in other words, is, is acknowledging that loving us, dying for us, saving us from our sins is going to cost him everything. It's in fact going to cost him his life. It will be the hardest thing that he will ever have to do. He's going to actually have to die in just a few hours later. And so he's asking God, listen, you know everything. If there's another way, I would love to do that because I don't feel like doing this. I don't feel like following through. I don't feel like loving our people this way, God. I don't feel like doing this. But God, if this is the way that it has to be done, what does Jesus do? He says, I will choose it. I don't feel like it, but I'm going to choose it. Friends, that's an agape love. That's an unconditional love. It's not based on how Jesus feels. It's based on a choice to love us that is not going to change. And I think that's a hard thing to grasp in our faith today because I think Christians in the 21st century falsely think that in order for us to have a legitimate faith, we have to feel God's love. We have to feel God's presence. We have to feel an overwhelming sense of, of peace when we worship or get us emotional high um, like what we do, some of us, when we go to Hume Lake or things like that, right? No, we have to, we think we have to feel. And in 2020, many of us have not felt that kind of love. And we have not felt God's presence in that way just because this year has been so hard. But here's the thing, I got to be honest with you, friends. I don't wake up every day, even as a pastor, and like roll out of bed and think, oh man, I just feel so loved by Jesus today. No, a lot of days I don't feel the love of God in an emotional sense. But what I know is that Jesus has chosen me. 